Building Men is brought to you by Finish the Race Apparel, ftrapparel.com, the creators of all things Building Men, and by Become Stronger Industries, become-stronger.com, the creators of handmade steel maces, hammers, and other badass equipment. Often it's going to lead you to having an experience, to trying something new, to stepping, going to check out this edge. Because otherwise, why are, we, why are you even exploring it? Why are you curious about it? Why are you listening to it? You're listening to the Building Men Podcast with Dennis and Anthony Miralda, brothers on a mission to help you become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Welcome back, everyone, to the Building Men Podcast. My name is Dennis Miralda. I am your host. I'm joined today by a man who has the patience of a saint. I had him on the Building Men podcast about a month and a half ago, and the audio was so jacked up. It was around the time that we interviewed Mike Salemi. We did Mike Viper Salemi before his big retreat. And one of the guys that he is very close with working with close proximity, we had him on the podcast and I, the audio was jacked up. So we rescheduled and it was, there was another issue. And then I had COVID and then my kids had COVID. So I, I've had to reschedule this several times. So I want to tell you that this man has been so patient with me. I appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast. He is a, he's a creator and integrator of experiences is how he calls himself. Nico Jensino. What's up, Nico? Good to see you, my man. Same to you, Dennis. Yeah. I, uh, real quick before we get started, I wish we knew that it was Mike was calling his mustache Viper. We would have had a lot more fun at the retreat. Oh my God. Absolutely. It that way. But did you see that he posted it up on Instagram when he was shaving it? Yeah. And that's when we found out it was right after the retreat. We found out we're like, we didn't know he was calling it Viper. We would have had a lot more fun. Oh, absolutely. So what we did was we started talking about, it was a mustache that really needed some reverence, as is yours, by the way. I don't want to underplay what you got going on right now. And what you have is the mustache and you have the the under the chin hair. What do we call that? Like a flavor saver? You got the little underneath piece? That's good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It just uh, it's na- it, it just naturally fits there. It does. It feels it naked fits perfectly. And the long flowing locks. I mean, you got a, a, the look is just it's tremendous. You look like it could be. Like an old, like I'm watching uh, like Game of Thrones or something, and you're from you're from one of the, the the islands that's not it's not in Westeros. You're from across the narrow sea, and there's this guy who's like a really good sword fighter. I just I look I I feel like you're such an interesting person because of of the look. I absolutely love it, and it's funny with Salemi when he was on. He started we tell him that the mustache needs some. We need to give it some reverence here, and we were talking about Top Gun. And uh, the one like flight instructor in Top Gun, we were trying to figure out his name. Salemi's like, it was Viper. We're like, all right, that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> we're going to call you Mike Viper Salemi. So I hope it sticks. I really do. And he gives some credit towards I'll, building I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll give it some some uh, some momentum. <laughs> Absolutely. Support. So what I'm going to do, one of the podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis is a podcast called Aw Shift. And the guy's name is Anthony Trucks, who he's a mentor for me in, in my space. We had him on, a, on the Building Man podcast a couple months back. Just a really good guy, went through a lot of stuff in his upbringing. And I was listening to the episode this, an episode this morning. The way he starts off every single episode is with the same question. So I'm going to give him a little bit of, of, of a shout out here. I've never asked this question on a podcast, but I figured why not today? So the, the way he starts off each episode is he says to the guests, all right, say I'm, I'm walking around town. I go into a coffee shop and I sit down next to you and you start talking to me. 
why should I listen to you? So I'm going to ask you that, Nico. If I'm walking around, we, we bump into each other and I look over and say, wow, that's a great mustache. And we start talking. Why am I going to listen to you? What do you got to bring to me? I'm probably going to going to end up on the other side of what you'd imagine. Uh, you probably shouldn't. Or, you know, <laughs> like um, when teaching, you know, if I'm teaching something and someone's asking, like in re- relation to Tantra, like, why should I do this? Or what's the point? It's for me, I'm, I'm simply there to inspire you. I'm not here to make you do something or try to get you to see it my way. If you're curious and you want to, you engage. If not, it's not my job to convince you or want you to talk to me or want to engage. So um, I, I imagine I take a different approach than a lot of people. Um, right. You know, you, you, you should talk to me if you want to, if you're curious about it. Right. And that's a big thing that I discuss in exploring curiosity. It's what inspires most of us. It's what's it's what leads us to our great things. Right. Following it's in a way like what Joseph Campbell calls following your bliss or um, there's other teachers who talk about uh, being able to follow your highest excitement or joy within each moment that in a way that that's actually the translation of your body of your most truest self, your most accurate path or quickest path for a lot of people that are looking for their journey in life or their purpose in life and their ability to just follow what's where their curiosity is, what's exciting them, what do they want to do, right? And then if they're done, like, all right, under the net, like, okay, nice to meet you, and then leave, right? Rather than, like, get stuck in the conversation, oh, is it the right time to leave? Oh, how do I get out of here? You know, just, all right, thank you. Bye. I love that. And when you you started it with, you probably shouldn't. (laughs) All right, I'm in. Whatever you're saying (laughs) next, if if you're telling me I probably shouldn't be listening to you, there's some reason why I'm 100% in on that conversation. So we started to talk about the Viper. We started to talk about Salemi, who's one of my favorite people. Uh, You were one of the co-facilitators of the Men of Movement Hold Your Ground retreat. So talk to us a little bit about what that was like, about that experience. So the experience, this was our second time doing it. And it was very strong, very powerful for all of the men. Um, I believe every single one of them left there quite fulfilled, if not overflowing. Um, When Mike and I first, you know, Belcampo came, was coming to Mike and wanting him to put on this retreat. And I told him I'd support him however I could. And uh, as, as discussing some of the ideas, he had been a part of um, two men's retreat treats I had done with Marhefka with Chris and these involved medicine. So Mike came and served the combo, right? The purgative. It's not psychedelic, but just makes you vomit for an hour. And uh, every time you do it, you're like, why am I doing why? this? What the fuck is my problem? And then after you're like, oh, that's, that's why. But um, we had used medicines through this. And um, I had gone through my own process and, and really wanted to see how much of this could be accessed and done how much of this development as a man emotionally mentally spiritually um without substance you know and so that was the goal what could we could we do could we give them a profound transformation and a powerful experience that they could take away and grow from without psychedelics and that's that's what we achieved it was very very powerful so um they come you know really based in working out we kick it off with a workout And that's pretty much the end of like the true physical work. There's a silent hike. Um, 
there's some intimacy and eye eye gazing connection exercises for the guys, which can be very new, um, very on their edges, I think. And then, um, yeah, just a handful of other experiences, ice baths, breath work. Uh, I offered a cacao ceremony that was blindfolded laying down. So it's a, a visualization with the cacao medicine, which is chocolate and a high concentration of chocolate um, is considered a heart medicine in Central and South America. They use it for heartbreak and connecting to the heart. And it, it acts a little bit like caffeine. Uh, there's theta bromine in it. It's a bit of a stimulant, but I mean, many people drink it casually and dance and things, um, especially in the new age communities. But um, you can have a strong experience with it, uh, again, non-psychoactively by blindfolding and being guided through visualizations. And um, what else? We, we had a very strong family constellations therapy, which is a, a very unique um, type of therapy that I facilitate. So there's, that's a whole, that's a whole rabbit hole to go down. Right. Right. But um, Brian, Mike, Mike had done the best job of leading by bringing a great team together. He brought four of us together and we all offered uh, different experiences. Um, we did improv with Tyler, which you've had Tyler on the show. We had Brian give uh, a lot of sound experiences and bringing his element of, of that in there. So and then Mike stepping fully into, into the leader of it um, was really great and very strong for him. And we called his episode Leading from the Middle, which is what he does. He gets right in the down and dirty with everyone else that's going through it, and he fully experiences it. Nico, what you said was interesting to me. I didn't thought about this in a while. When I was a middle school principal, I had a certification to do nonviolent crisis intervention training for teachers. So how do you go about managing a situation when there are kids who are um, they're they're escalating on a scale and they're they're acting out pretty much and so i talked a lot about how do you communicate verbally paraverbally and non-verbally with kids and one of the exercises i have the adults go through and i hadn't thought about this in many years was an exercise where they stand about 10 feet apart from a partner and then i tell them to take a big step towards each other while holding a gaze so i was like stare at the other person's eyes for as long as you can. And then I tell them to take another big step closer to each other, holding the gaze until they're almost nose to nose and they're staring at the other person. Cause I want them to understand how intense that is, especially for a kid who's escalating when there's someone who's staring them down and getting closer into their personal space. So typically with adults, they get really, really uncomfortable. And a lot of them look away really quickly and they start to laugh because it's that nervous energy that they're experiencing. When you did that, you said that eye gazing, talk to me a little bit about that. I'm fascinated about that experience. So the exercise typically looks like um, all of the men walking around in a circle, just in any, you know, there's a big, there's a big circle and they can freely walk through it. And as they pass each other, they're just holding gaze in each other's eyes as long as they can. And I'm playing a drum. And then when the drum beat stops, they partner up with whoever is next to them. And from there, or about foot, two feet apart, um, instructing them first to pay attention to their own body, um, having them take a couple deep breaths together while looking in the other person's eyes to calm, the, calm themselves. And then to become aware of like, 
Is this uncomfortable for you? Do you want to laugh? Are you trying to look away? Like first observe the things that's going on in yourself. And then I often um, give a prompt and they'll either communicate through the eyes, like communicate love through the eyes, um, or they'll, I'll give them a prompt to speak, you know, share something you imagine about that person or share, share something you're shameful over, share something you have guilt over, you know, and then I let them go back and forth and have a few moments together. And then we close that one. We return to the circle, start walking again. And then um, they pair up with a new person and there's a new prompt. And, and for me, I'm guiding it just intuitively of what's kind of showing up and which direction to, you know, the questions were very intuitive. I, I didn't plan them before. So it, it's a, and it's a very strong exercise for a lot of these guys just to open the door. And, you know, I think the world is so focused. They've got us so focused on how different we are. Um, and this is a great way to really focus on how similar we are. And I love the sensory deprivation part of it, where you're saying you're not allowed to speak during this specific spot. One of the things that you posted recently, Nika, was this idea of if you're blindfolded, it was a, it was something about parents and, and communicating with your kids. And if you're blindfolded, how do you go about finding the center of the room or the center of the space where you're occupying? So talk to me. I loved I, I saved that I loved it. So talk to us a little bit about the what was the catalyst behind that? Well, like. Um... You know, everyone's seeking, especially in this new age, like, I want to be balanced. I want to be centered. You know, I just in my center. And I don't know if they really have looked into what this is. And um, I, I will say, if, if I want you to find the center of a room and I blindfold you, right, like your internal center, like if, you know, when people are looking for their center, it's close your eyes and find your center. It's inside of you. If we're, I'm going to blindfold you, then I, you know, how are you going to figure that out? Um, for me, the best solution is to pace out to one wall, pace out to the other, and basically start to center myself by measuring the edges and taking my best guess at where the middle is. And through this process of life, like exploring our curiosity, you know, discovering what we like is often the process of discovering what we don't like. You know, I did that. I don't like that. I did this. I don't like that. We did this. This was kind of cool. And it's how we guide ourselves, right? So we need to go explore the edges to understand ourselves and where our center is, right? If I, for me, when I had first gone through uh, some inner child work and some emotional development, I realized that I never let myself get angry or grieve. So I kept my emotions in this little box and, um, as soon as I allowed myself to go deep into grief and experience that, process that, allow myself to express it, then on the other side of that, a few days later, I had the highest joy I had ever had while completely sober, right? And it was, it was mind-blowing, but same idea. If I, You need to be able to explore the edges and the spectrum to find the center, the balance, right? Even, even when we look at balance, right? Balance is dynamic. Balance isn't... Um, you know, we have, we have this imagination that balance is, is like just this still point, but balance is the flexibility. If I'm skateboarding or surfing, my balance point is constantly changing. That's what balance is. All the, all the variables are shifting and I'm able to stay balanced in it. Right. When, absolutely. I, and I, that's what I'm going to title this episode. I just, I quoted it right there, exploring the edges. Uh, it's, it's profound to me. 
to to go to that external spot where it's you're you're at the edge of your comfort zone and you do the the most growth when you're in those in those spaces and i'd love for you to tell the audience how you got to where you are now you definitely explored the edges of your own personal development and personal growth to get to your center because you you did not start out as nico jensino you started out as nick jensen and you went on a journey from that point so um for the audience tell us how you how you basically explored your edges to get to where you are now from where you began yeah i can give you a little overview um first i'm still nick jensen i've just integrated that and by taking on a different title it allowed me more flexibility to play with the character and have fun and that's just what a lot of friends call me right i always joke that nico the o is just more fun it just i like to have more yeah. fun this way right and um because ultimately i'm still nicholas um and i'm you know that's what i was born as and i'm nick to my my family i'm never going to change into all the people i grew up with and so that's all part of me. But um, in terms of like comfort zone, right? Um, I was big uh, athlete and I had a CrossFit gym with some business partners. And I love just going to that deep place of discomfort. And as life unfolded, uh, a long-term relationship ended and it led me into investing in myself, taking taking some chances, if you will. And not really knowing what I was going into, but signing up for the strong coach and um, doing some personal development through that to try and better my business. And that led me to training camp for the souls program, which was my first uh, look at inner child work and emotional work. And I had realized that, you know, many of us are like, Oh, I'm good at being uncomfortable. Like they can suffer in a workout but they haven't realized that they've actually like, that's where they feel most comfortable. They feel way more uncomfortable crying or showing their emotions in front of another man or a person that they don't know rather than, you know, like, no, I'll just, I'll just keep going till I vomit. Right. And I'll go into that pain. And you're like, I, I'm really good at going to the edges of discomfort. It's like, well, actually that edge of just that discomfort is your comfort. You know, you've kind of flipped it into yourself. And so I had been through that process and, um, yeah, after, after going to this, and um, it, there was nothing around spirituality. There was nothing around God. I rejected most of that growing up. I didn't believe in anything. And when I had deeply connected to this child inside to myself, it was just natural. It just came through. I was like, oh, I believe in this. This is very, you know, I found myself saying I trust in God. And it was like, still, that was on my edge because all of the things that the term God came with from growing up and being raised Christian. And, you know, so there was um, a big process to this of how it's all, and it's been bumpy along the way. When I went through this program, you know, what I always wanted was to own a gym. And then I had owned a gym. And in it, I realized that this wasn't for me anymore. I wasn't aligned with this. Um, it was coming from a place of I'm not good enough. And it just, I was ready to change. And so the process over the next six months of selling my gym back to my partners, removing myself from the situation. There was the initial part where I tried to, you know, everyone else was doing their thing, 80, 90, 100 members, and they're happy where they're at. And I was happy where I was at six months ago with them. And now I'm like trying to impose myself. I'm trying to show them like, hey, like I've got some better ideas and maybe your shoulder pain's related to something emotional because that was, you know, what I learned once, once I had the experience of, pains in my body be 
you know, not being fixed through Cairo or physical therapy, and then to release an emotion and find that a five-year shoulder impingement just disappeared in a moment and didn't return. It was like, oh, you know, now I started to have conflict. Now I'm training people and it's like, yeah, I want to teach you more deadlifts today, but the way we're talking, I have a feeling that you're hiding from conversations you should be having with your wife. You know, you're here hiding and trying to keep you distracting. You're not, this isn't bettering you. And so it kind of catapulted me into this journey where, you know, I ended up starting to travel, starting to work with strong coach, um, having that as my dream job for a moment and realizing again, that was, you know, there was something more for me and to, to again, let go into, into the wind, into the unknown, even still living in that space has taken quite a bit of practice of, you know, going in, just living without, without, like, I have a general idea of what the next six months look like, but it's, uh, nothing's for, for sure. And I can pivot as freely as I want. And to be comfortable in that space took like a, a, at least a year, right. For the first year of it, I was getting incredible low back pain and I had never had low back pain as an athlete, deadlifting, you know, two and a half times my body weight, crossfitting all the time, never had a back thing, never, ever. And I started getting incredible back pain. And again, as I tied in this stuff of learning that it could have emotional roots, lower back is often related to financial insecurities, um, lack of like groundedness or tribe or roots, you know, and I had been in Chicago my whole life until I started traveling two years ago, two and a half. Yeah, just over two years ago, I started traveling at the beginning of the pandemic. And, um, you know, it hit me one day because it was just, it was like, I knew I didn't bend over wrong. I have been practicing my mechanics very well and it didn't make any sense, you know? And I'm, I was like 30 years old at the time. And my mom goes, well, you're just getting older. And I'm <laughs> like, love that hearing fucking, that. <laughs> bull fucking shit. I don't accept that answer. I'm yeah. not getting older. I'm fucking 31 years old, 32 years old now. I'm in my prime. I'm still going into my prime is what I believe. I still, you know, like advancing and developing. I don't, I'm not over some hill that someone else taught me I'm supposed to be over some hill now and that it's just the wheels are supposed to start falling off, you know, bullshit. And um, yeah, to have, to have it become very clearly that, you know, traveling, living out of a car, camping, sleeping in different Airbnbs. It just took a lot to feel comfortable in the unknown and kind of like, if you will, in a metaphor, like I was in the wind. I'd been in Chicago for 30 years. I was very grounded, literally. And now I'm traveling all over the country. And I'm like, I just threw myself into the wind. And now I'm like, I can't find my roots again. And my back's hurting. And I'd been reading a book uh, called Anatomy of the Spirit, where this woman is a medical medium. Um, she's, I think in her seventies now, she's worked with many people and often can kind of see the roots of diseases and work with them if they're emotionally based or have deeper roots rather than just physical, you know, cause if we have a physical issue and we keep treating it and it keeps returning, it's time to look at the next layer. Right. And so this book, she had, she had, uh, given you like, you know, different causes of different issues. And for me, it was pretty clear, like, okay. And now back doesn't hurt at all like it did a every minute on the minute with single arm kettlebell swings the other day and haven't been working out that much so i'm super sore but back's great 
Those, those at every minute on the minutes are badass. I did one with push-ups yesterday and somebody challenged me to do 50 minutes of 10 push-ups every minute on the minute. And I was in this whole thing of go a step further than you thought you can go. So I went up doing 60, 60 minutes, 10 push-ups a minute, every minute on the minute. And I am shot out today. I'm sore. But you know what? I'm 45 years old. And you mentioned the over the hill thing, that, that arbitrary hill that someone puts in our way. I feel better today at 45 than I did when I was 35, without a doubt. And so much of it is my mindset that I understand my body in a, in a, in a deeper way and recognize a lot of the pain that I'm that I was feeling. It was just things that I was carrying for such a long period of time. So I appreciate you saying that, Nico. And you mentioned, you know what the next six months of your life look like. Uh, one of the things that I was curious about as you're, you know, dump the puzzle pieces out on the table and you and you see your life unfolding a certain way and you're putting the puzzle pieces together. What are what are certain things that you are looking forward to completing that puzzle over the next six months, five years, 10 years of your life? You know, it's so, so funny for me that you say that because that's actually what I see my role as is a puzzle maker. Yeah. I, I see all the pieces together. I see all the pieces in my life of all my friends and all the people I'm connected to and uh, sharing much of the same vision. And um, I believe I have just very, very deep beliefs to where they become spirit. They're spiritually based, but that, um, you know, there's a book called journey of souls that can it's regression therapy, like 30, 30 cases of people being hypnotized into their, you know, what happens after they pass away and, and the whole, it's an idea of how this, what, what this whole thing's all about, right? And I believe that we're in one of the most interesting times. Um, we're shifting back to a golden age, right? Our consciousness is moving from our, our minds to our hearts. There's many different teachers I could reference in many different ways and cultures this has been explained, but that we're, we're in a great, great transformation and we're going to see some incredible things in our lifetime beyond what most people um, can imagine. And I, I joke like, you know, I'm like a little kid that, you know, cause if we look at Joe Dispenza, it's about feeling your future. Right. And, um, we can talk about the mind cause you were talking about the mindset and being 45. And I want to, I want to touch on that after this question. Um, but, and see now I, now I, now I got tracked, but, um, it's like a little kid at Christmas. Like I know yeah. they bought me my gifts and I know it's going to be super awesome. And, you know, I, I was joking with Salemi at the end of our retreat, him and I were sitting with some rape, um, you know, and just having a meditation together. And I was like, dude, I know everything. Like I feel so great about this life and everything that we're culminating together and why we're all spinning in the same circle. And my biggest challenge is time. Right. But then that brings me to my a lesson of, what if the whole point of this of life is just to experience it? You know, we're, we're wasting the whole time trying to find a purpose and trying to do something and get somewhere when the actual purpose was to be fully present in the experience, right? And to enjoy the journey, to be in joy through the journey, right? And um, that there is nowhere to be that, you know, I can plan out five years and this is where we'll kind of take to the mind because for me, when I got left Chicago, I got a strange illness. And it was like, for me, it's what pushed me out of Chicago. It's what pushed me into my hero's journey, if you will. Like I was in a dark night and it pushed me. And um, 
Before that, my chin was like completely dark. And then this strange sickness for like six weeks, I'd go to the hospital, get blood work. They're like, you're, you're fine. You're completely fine. I was like, dude, I'm in tune with my body for my whole life. Not this, things are not fine. I'm getting a UTI out of nowhere. I've never had that. I'm going to acupuncturist and they think I'm an alcoholic. My liver looks like it's failing, like wild, mis- mis- mysterious, right? And, um, and, and then after it just went gray. And I was like, that took a lot out of me, but it seems this wise old man kind of came in and um, I've always carried this older energy. I'm young, I'm 32. And most of my friends are 35 through 40. And that, that theme has kind of occurred throughout my whole life, except in high school when I played sports and had my peers among my age. But other than that, I've always been with the older kids, if you will, but I've always been more mature in my eyes or, you know, just more sense, sensical, like, like an old man. And so what's come to me, um, even through yoga, the idea of the power of the mind, like Joe Dispenza is talking about it, Bruce Lipton, the mind creates reality. It can signal the genes what to do, um, matching the mind with the emotions. And in yoga, it's, it's the creator. The third eye is the most powerful when you can master that. And I've carried this grandpa energy, if you will. So part of what I do is really work on this idea that imagination is the most powerful technology. Our ability to dream and envision our future, to envision yourself crossing the goal line, to envision yourself ripping that ball out of their arm, you know, whatever the the it may be, you have to see it to believe, you have to believe it to for it to become real and to see it in your mind's eye, if you will. And so then to take these ideas of like, well, if I'm if I'm not careful. I'm going to take on this grandpa energy and I'm going to start to become what everyone else thinks a grandpa is. Right. So I started getting clear on my life vision of, you know, when I'm 70, 80, 90 years old, what I feel, what success is, but really what it feels like rather than the markers of like, Oh, I have a boat. Oh, I have this house, you know, but how I feel doing that and then cultivating like vitality vibrancy and uh and strength and honesty and humbleness as as this old man you know with full hair and a good sex drive and an enjoyable life and relationships that i i met you know when i worked at the ymca as a trainer when i was 19 i met a guy he's like how old do you think i am i'm like uh mid 70s early 70s he's like i'm 85 I was like, no fucking way. He had kids all over, kids working for NASA, like, you know, and just like the way he engaged in life, he was so much more youthful. And it's given me like the example that they exist. So for me to cultivate what, when I say grandpa energy, when I say wise old man, it means like wise old man, that's like healthy, strong, vital organs functioning optimally for that. Like, you know, um, Define define what culture is doing because often we're we can either allow culture and the world's ideas to shape us, like right now they're teaching us to focus on how different we are, right? Or we can use this ourselves. We can train and hone the skill of our imagination and the skill of our mind through repetition and use it for our own benefit to me like the human is easily easily hacked we know that you know the majority we're, we're brainwashed that the brain is very easy to be washed 
So rather than fight that idea and think, oh, I'm so free, well, I'm just going to use my heart and choose what I want and brainwash myself in accordance with that. Building men of character, integrity, strength, compassion, and empathy through transformational mentoring, coaching, and motivational speaking is our mission here at Building Men. To work with me as a one-on-one life coach, you can find information in the show notes or you can visit our website at buildingmen.io where you can book a free 30-minute discovery call to help you become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Now, back to the show. Absolutely. And coming from a, another man with, with gray hair on his chin, there is a level of wisdom that comes along with it. I fought it at first. Now I absolutely love the gray that pops in on my chin. I appreciate that. You mentioned the, the idea of the meaning of life, and it's something that I've been, I've been sitting with recently. Uh, one of the young men that I coach was asking me about it. He was really struggling. And one thing that he talked about was like, well, what's the meaning of it all? What's the meaning of life? And he said, well, I've heard it's to be happy. And I said, my opinion is the meaning of life is to experience it, to, to appreciate that you have, you have the, the opportunity to take a breath and another breath and to earn that opportunity that you have to take those breaths. So it's not to be happy. We're not going to be happy all the time. And if you're going into it thinking that that's what it's about, it's to truly experience it and be in those moments. So, so to, that, to that end, you're very in touch with the breath work, the the mindset around it, but you also do work with um, with Tantra. And it's something that uh, when we spoke the first time, Nico, I wasn't really sure about what it was. And to me, it was just, it, when you hear about it, it was just based on sex. That was pretty much it. And you talked to me a little bit about it. So I'm wondering if you could share with us a little bit about what what that is. So what is it, what is a Tantra type experience? So... Tantra is a path, if you will. It's a way to live life. Um, in, a, in a way, Tantra can be translated to the web, right? To, to understanding that this is all interconnected. We're all, we're all one. And, and we're just, we've, our ego is our I. It's how I relate to you. It's how I relate to the phone. So many people trying to kill their egos these days, and that's not a very good idea. Um, instead of trying to have a good, healthy relationship with their ego. So Tantra is, um, cause again, when I began, I really thought about sex and that sex, our sexual energy is the primordial energy. It's the life giving force. It's the most powerful force there. And, um, you know, we understand this, right? They, they use it to sell us shit. It's running the world. Uh, when you're a young man, it's probably running you. Mm-hmm. I am at, you know, as in, in no one ever taught us that we can learn to direct this energy, to harness it and direct it, not to control it. It's not to be controlled, but cause it's always, it's going to move. It's going to flow and it can be directed. Um, and you see this in the Taoist system with Mantak Chia. Tantra is the Hindu system. Technically uh, the Christians had a system, the Egyptian Babylonian system, which you know, if you find the books that had been removed from the Bible, a lot of this stuff is actually there. You can find people you know, showing this stuff. So these systems all explained it. And in a way, like you can relate all of like Jesus's teachings to this as well. They're, they're very, very similar, but it's about the realization of self through life and the realization that we're all one 
and how to live a harmonious life. And, um, you know, through that process, we can learn to utilize sexual energy to speed up the process, to advance this quicker. Um, essentially, all creation in the world is sexual energy. It's just been moved up from lower areas, lower energy centers, chakras, if you will, into higher centers. So we learn to bring that energy up to our heart or up to our throat or up to our third eye. And that's where all creation is actually coming from. You know, it's the same reason. Um, it's, a, it's the same reason why the big sports teams, you know, before the World Cup, they're like, no sex before. I mean, really what they're saying is no ejaculation. Don't lose your, your, your vital energy. If you know how to circulate it and move it upward, you know, you can, but for it's easier for them. And most men just don't know. Right. And um, so that's a little, a little understanding. It's a very deep topic, but if it's something that's curious, I suggest people, people always want to read. And that's what I did. I read books. I did podcasts, but life is about experience. It's what we're talking about. And, um, you know, it's like, I get people that ask me all the time, what's a good book to start with? And it's like Tantra and through this system, um, they believe mostly in transmission orally, like verbally through each other and emitting a frequency. It's about being in their energy field. So being in those places, going to those experiences and having them, it's like trying on an outfit. And if you like it, you buy it and keep wearing it. If you don't, don't but everyone's trying to like read about what's the best shirt instead of going to the store and trying on different mm -hmm. shirts, you know? And so um, I would, I would suggest finding some sort of experiences because really it can get you in touch with your body in touch with your senses, um, hyper present and aware. And, uh, and from there, there's a lot that can be built upon it, but it's ultimately a spiritual path. I appreciate that. And that's, it's definitely enlightening to me. And it was when we first discussed it and hopefully the audience will gain something from that as well. So Nico, my final question to you would be, as people are listening to this podcast, um, really interested in your journey, what you've been doing, what you're about. Um, everyone has their own unique perspective on this question. And it's the last question we always ask is, say I, I'm listening to you and I pause this episode right now. And there's one thing that I could do moving forward that will make an impact on my life. One thing I pause this episode and I could do it right away. What would that, what, what would that one thing be? Closing their eyes and taking a deep breath and, and becoming in, you know, I believe that we all know our answers inside. Like we all know what to do. You know, we just may have a bunch of stories and fear and bullshit around why we won't choose it. But if you really sit there and you take a breath and you ask yourself a question, whatever's on your mind in life, like, what do I do? Should I do this? You know, and then the first answer is, I don't know. And then say, and if I did know, you know, play a game, pretend. And if you did know, what would you say? Because that's your answer, right? And, you know, you can, we can break down all the things of why you're scared to answer that way. But um, often it's going to lead you to having an experience, to trying something new, to stepping, going to check out this edge, because otherwise, why are we, why are you even exploring it? Why are you curious about it? Why are you listening to it? You know, you're, you're looking to expand and go different ways and look, try different options. So um, internalize and find, you know, your inner guidance. And that's where that imagination and having a vision of your life becomes very powerful because if you have a direction, a heading that you're sailing, 
then then making decisions becomes so much easier because it's either in alignment with it or it's not right so if if people are having a lot of you know what, what to do what to do i would say do you have a vision if they don't well start there and maybe get support from someone like myself or i know plenty of people that can help you with language and teach you exercises that will help you cultivate the dream of your life and then from there decision making becomes so much easier and you are able to learn to trust yourself so much easier right um, most of us are looking for our answers and looking for the trust outside of ourselves it sits within so if someone is looking to you for advice where can they find you how do they reach out to you nico uh best would just be instagram nico medicino and uh, they can send me dm or whatever they'd like maybe email me we have um my partner and i have a link to our site um which just has a listing of all our different offerings and um yeah there's a lot of ways to go so they can book a call with me and we can just have a discovery and just have a conversation for 30 minutes and discover if I'm even a person that can support them, if it would be right, and then which route they would like to take and how I could help them if that were the, the decision from there. That is awesome. For the Building Men audience, find us on Instagram, building.men. Our website is buildingmen.io. Please support our sponsors, Finish the Race Apparel, ftrapparel.com, and become stronger industries, makers of handmade hammers, steel maces, and other badass equipment. If you use the code buildingmen, one word, all lowercase, you get 10% off. This was awesome. I really appreciate it again. I appreciate your just putting up with the shit that went on over the last month and a half uh, until we were able to get this done. Love to have you back on when my brother and or my son are co-hosting the podcast, because I know, especially my younger brother, he would be all over the things that you're talking about. He sees he's definitely a student of a lot of the things that we had discussed today. So for the Building Men audience, check out Nico Gensino, the puzzle maker with grandpa energy. Go one step further than you thought you can go. We'll see you next time on Building Men.